This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura. Launch into performance with the all-new 2019 lineup. Visit Acura.ca for all models and dealer incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. He's bold. I, you know, I am full of bold predictions. He's brash. I think Brooke is going to get one win next year. Ooh. Just one. Will it be a major? No, but I think it's going to be in Canada. Oh, that would be good. He's ballistic. Producer Scully, could you come and uh, cut the uh, the beer tap off here? He's bonkers. Spraying his balls with wa- his golf Excuse balls. Excuse me? Spraying <laughs> his golf balls with water. It's Scully time. Well, well, well. Happy long weekend, Canada. This is Golf Talk Canada. Welcome to the show. This is producer Adam Scully here riding solo for the next two hours as both Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks are on the road. Mark Sakino is at the Rocket Mortgage Classic uh, in Detroit, where we have quite a leaderboard through 36 holes. And Bob is going to join us in hour two. He is off this week, probably sitting by a dock right now and enjoying uh, that view for sure. We're also going to hear from Mike Kelly from Golf Ontario in hour two. We're going to hear about the Ontario uh, Disability Championship and the Ontario uh, Open. We're also going to hear from a bunch of the leaders at the Rocket Mortgage Classic on the PGA Tour. And since it's Canada Day weekend, we're going to take a look back at some of the best moments from Canadian golf this year. And we're going to look ahead to what's to come, uh, both on the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, Senior Tour, all the tours, really. And, of course, there is a major championship coming up uh, in about three weeks' time at the uh, at the Open Championship. That's at Royal Port Rush in Ireland. But first things first, we're going to talk the PGA Tour. To do that, we're going to be joined now by one of the co-hosts here on Golf Talk Canada. That's Mark Zacchino. Mark, how are you this morning? Skulls, I'm, I'm hurting, brother. Uh, it Uh-oh. has been... 104 degrees with the heat index uh, since Wednesday, since my arrival at Detroit Golf Club. And we have been hoofing it on the PGA Tour radio team. This is a great old golf course, Detroit Golf Club. And, uh, but as most old golf courses go, when you start throwing grandstands and corporate hospitality and all the things that go into a PGA Tour event, it's really hard to get a golf cart around, especially mm-hmm. when the spectators have been out in, in droves. Like, I mean, like they have just really supported this event you cannot get a golf cart anywhere so we've been walking so i'm doing 27 holes a day 104 105 degrees so everything's throbbing and i'm old adam i'm old as you know well i mean (laughs) you turn you turn 32 in april right that's right, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we got a busy uh, show. We got man. a busy show today. Nate Lashley is your leader. Cameron Champ, one shot off the pace. Charles Howell, the third. Mister Consistency himself. Uh, he is two shots off the lead. Before we dive into that, let's get into some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Bushnell Golf for precision in any condition. Visit bushnellgolf.com. Bushnell, the number one rangefinder in golf. And we'll start right there with Bushnell Golf. They're one of our new proud sponsors uh, here on Golf Talk Canada. And throughout the past couple weeks, we've had a giveaway here about telling us your Bushnell story, uh, tweeting or Instagram the Golf Talk Canada account. And uh, we are going to give away a Bushnell later this hour, 845. So stay tuned for that, Mark. This is a very exciting giveaway here on GTC. 
Yeah, I'll give away a, a, a Bushnell VR at uh, in the uh, bottom of the hour, and uh, excuse me, the, almost at the top of the next hour, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we've got another one to give away over the next two week period. So we'll give one away at them and let our listeners know how they can win in the next cycle. So uh, having some fun with Bushnell, and of course. And then next week, we're going to give away that tailor-made yeah. free fitting as well that mm-hmm. we had for the month of June. So we'll do that next Saturday. You know, you know, we're like the Santa Claus of golf. I say it every month. So. We are. I mean, it's a long weekend here in Canada, and we feel like Santa Claus. It's great. It's, it's a great moment. And, and speaking <laughs> of great moments, there's a segue there. Uh, Corey Connors, Canadian, he has received an exemption into the Open Championship field coming up in a few weeks at Royal Portrush in Ireland. Mark, this is a pretty big moment to have now two Canadians uh, in the field yeah it's nice to get some canadians and majors because last year adam uh as you know it wasn't it wasn't pretty for canada when it came to the major championship starts we had, and then all of a sudden you know we had nick taylor and mike weir qualifying for the u.s open so two red and white flags at the u.s open and now Corey connors joins adam hadwin who punched his ticket at the rbc in the open qualifying series, Corey Connors gets in on his official world golf ranking status. And now we have two Canadians in the field at Royal Port Rush. And there's still a few weeks to go. We've still got that open qualifying series happening. Uh, going to give away two spots this week right here in Detroit for the top two on the leaderboard inside the top eight that have not already qualified. So there are still a few chances to get in. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we can add one more. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, obviously Corey Connors hasn't had the greatest of form of late, but I'm curious, and you wonder, because of the unknown that is Royal Porush to the vast majority of these players, you wonder if that's going to help a guy like Corey, you know, who's very likely going to see the golf course for the first time like the majority of the field is as well. Yeah, you know, it's curious because there is a huge unknown factor, as you've suggested, mm-hmm. but you know, with the exception of probably Graham McDowell, uh, it's it's the same unknown factor for everybody, yeah. right? So there, maybe there's a little equalization of the playing field. But when you, with the removal of that, with the removal of the fact that, you know, no one really knows it, I'm finding this uh, final major of the year, it's so weird to say final major of the year, we're <laughs> in July, but uh, I'm finding it hard to handicap. Going. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time yeah. figuring out, you know, who the favorites are, who who we should be looking at. Um, I don't know. It, I think it's a. It feels like a wide open crapshoot. I'm excited about it. Northern Ireland. You know how much uh, I'm a fan of Ireland mm-hmm. and, and Irish golf. Uh, but in the same breath, man, I, I just blindfold me and give me a dartboard right now. That's how I feel when it comes <laughs> to trying to pick a winner at the Open Championship. Well, and speaking of the Open Championship, uh, they announced the purse this week for the Open, uh, $10.75 million, a cool $10.75 million. That's up 250 k from last year. Uh, the winner gets $1.93 million. So to compare the majors, the U.S. Open's purse is $12.5 million, with uh, Gary Woodland won 2.25 of that. The Masters was $11.5 million. Tiger won 2.07 of that. And the PGA was 11. Brooks Kepka won $1.98 mill of that mark do you think there's any uh rhyme or reason why the open is uh looks like just under it's just under 250 it's it's the cheapest of of the purses it makes no sense yeah i don't know none of it makes sense this kind of money out of why and why do they come up with these numbers yeah. i have no idea it's almost like is it not time and i know this is a big stretch because a lot of this depends on 
uh, not necessarily in the majors, but more so in your weekly PGA Tour events and things of that nature. A lot mm-hmm. of it depends on, you know, corporate infrastructure and support in the area, regional TV or, or, or regional rights compared to national rights. There's a lot of things that go into, you know, solidifying a purse on the PGA Tour. But at the major level, World Golf Championships level, you know, at that Players' Championship, should there not be, like, more of a standardizing of, yeah. of what a winner's check is? It's just bizarre. And, then, and let's not forget that in August, there's been a bump in the FedEx Cup as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's potential now for somebody to walk out of Eastlake with $15 million in one day at yeah. Eastlake this year. So... Uh, these numbers are just, it's like, well, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you know what? You always find that. I know we don't have a ton of time, but go back and, and Google what Tiger Woods' winning check was when he won for the first time on the PGA Tour in 1996 before the Tiger play, uh, before the Tiger effect took place. Mm-hmm. Go take a look at what that check was in 1996, and you'd be shocked at how much in 20 years. Like it, it, what Tiger's effect actually happened in this game. You want a, a perfect little visual example. In what, you know, let's say a pitcher tells a thousand words. Take a look at Tiger holding that cardboard check in '96, and that, that tells you everything. Yeah, that's uh, pretty crazy for sure. I'm trying to Google this actually as we speak, and uh, I think two, it's three hundred twenty thousand in Milwaukee. It looks like two hundred and oh, okay, I have the one on at Vegas, two hundred ninety-seven thousand. Okay. So still, there you go, there you go. Same year, same year in the fall. Yeah, yeah, ninety-seven thousand. Crazy. And a big cardboard check. That's uh, that's one of his first handful of wins when he. Uh, when he first turned professional in the fall of '96, so summer fall '96. So there you go, under 300,000 for a winner on the PGA Tour, and uh, try finding a winner now on a on a full field non-opposite event. You cannot find a winner for under a million anymore. So there you go. And before we close news and headlines here, uh, lastly, we have uh, Michelle Wee uh, deciding to take the rest of the year off. We saw her uh, tearfully speaking with the media after the first round of the LPGA KPMG uh, championship when she shot 84. Uh, She's clearly had this wrist issue, and Mark, this seems to be the right thing for her to do at this point. 100% is the right thing to do. It's the only chance we have at Michelle Wee. She's 28 years old. It's the only chance we have of Michelle Wee potentially playing quality golf into her 30s. She's 28. She gets married at the end of the year. At some point, I assume they're going to start talking, you know, potentially family, starting a family, etc. In her press conference at the last major, she was already suggesting she doesn't know how much longer she has or how much longer she wants to do this. So I don't know how much more we're going to get of Michelle Wee, uh, but if we are going to get any Michelle Wee quality golf into her 30s, it has to be healthy. So I, I agree with this, Clay. I think this is a good decision. And part of her quote that she put on Twitter was uh, saying, my team and I believe that this will give me the best possible chance to finally get healthy uh, means the world to me for all the support. So uh, good for Michelle Wee for taking uh, some time off here to get healthy. That's uh, for sure. On the other side, we're going to hear from some of the main contenders at the Rocket Mortgage Classic and some guys who missed the cut, including Gary Woodland and Dustin Johnson. That's coming up next on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Launch into performance with the all-new 2019 lineup. Visit Acura.ca for all models and dealer incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the speed-injected Twistface M5 and M6 drivers. 
everybody gets faster in 2019. Visit tailormade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, a long weekend edition of the show. Uh, producer Adam Scully riding solo here until uh, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern if you're listening live. Uh, Bob Weeks will be joining us in hour two. Uh, Mike Kelly as well from Golf Ontario. We're going to uh, chat about some exciting tournaments coming up uh, for Golf Ontario. That's coming up at the top of the hour. But first, uh, Mark Sacchino joins us again from the Rocket Mortgage Classic, which he's covering for PGA Tour Radio. And Mark, 676 combined birdies in round one. That's the most birdies in a single round uh, this year. What are your thoughts on this Detroit Golf Club through 36 holes? It's a nice golf club, it, it, you know, Adam. It, it's a shame with some of the scoring. Maybe, you know, if you hadn't watched any of the golf at all this week or seen the property, you might be going, oh, you know, what, you know what's going on here? But it's a classic old Donald Ross golf course, and they actually have 36 holes on property. Uh, but the problem, or not going to say the problem is, but the challenge is, is that we've got an old golf course, you know, uh, 7,300 yards, Probably the actually technically this is amazing when you think of the Zurich Classic in New Orleans being played below sea level and some of the flat golf courses we play on the PGA Tour. This is the flattest golf course on the PGA Tour. So short by modern day standards, flat, and the only way you're going to defend a property property like this is with rough, and we just don't have any rough this week at all. It is thin, it is wispy, uh, so there's not a lot of defense. And it's unfortunate that we have no defense because that's why we're seeing some of these crazy low scores. But at the end of the day, um, we are seeing some good golf. So um, low scores, good golf, key around. I I spoke to a couple of the members this week. Mm -hmm. I've been walking the fairways, and they said we have two rules at Detroit Golf Club as members. First rule, don't get get above the hole. Mm. Second rule, don't get above the hole. Oh. So So in summary, (laughs) don't get above the hole. There you go. <laughs> okay, well, through 36 holes, Nate Lashley is our leader, 63-67, through his first two rounds. And after his second round, he spoke to the media. Ah, it was a real solid round. I hit the ball um, hit the ball nice, hit a lot of fairways, hit a lot of greens, and um, had a lot of opportunities and made some of them, missed some of them. But, you know, overall, 500, it's, it's another really good day, and just I'm pleased with my round. A lot of guys in the afternoon were talking about how the wind might have affected them. Did you feel that same thing? Yeah, there for a couple of holes the wind picked up, but then it calmed back down a little bit. That storm kind of rolled around us. But uh, overall, it's, you know, it's been two really great days here. And what do you feel like you need to do this weekend to put yourself in a position like you have so far and uh, hold on to the lead? Uh, you know, just keep playing the way I'm playing. If I can continue to hit the ball straight off the tee, hit fairways, you know, hit solid shots in the green and make putts, you know, that's kind of the name of the game. It's and. Um, just kind of staying comfortable out there is going to be big and just playing golf. Just playing golf. That's as simple as it gets. Nate Lashley, he's your leader, uh, 14 under one shot uh, in front of Cameron Champ, who made uh, obviously headlines heading into this PGA Tour season uh, for his crazy distances that he's uh, hit the ball. But Mark, he's followed that up. Uh, you know, he got off to a great start. He's had a bit of a struggle in between, uh, but now he's playing well this week, including a 28 uh, on the front nine on Friday. Yeah, we actually went out uh, an hour early in our broadcast yesterday to uh, get out there with the uh, with the recording device so that we could pick up that 28 because we thought, okay, here we go. Here comes a 58 or a 59 watch. Yep. 
Uh, cooled off on that back nine, ended up shooting the weirdest way to 65 you're ever going to see. <laughs> Shoot 65 with a 28 on the front side, but uh, you're right. I'm playing well. Uh, already a winner on tour this year. God, he hits it a while. I'm going to be interested to see what he can put together for his final 36. Yeah, definitely going to be interesting for sure. And after his round, Cameron Champ also spoke to the media. I'd probably say the putt on, uh, what's it, five, the par three. Um, it was a big breaker downhill. I mean, you basically just take your percent from there, but it poured it right in the middle. Um, and then the same on um, six, same thing. And then it, it just, everything just kept flowing. And, you know, for the first, you know, nine holes, the hole looked pretty big for a while. And that's the thing about this golf course is that you can get on nice runs, but eventually it fights back. It's that type of place, isn't it? No, exactly. You know, the backside, I really didn't play terrible. It, I just hit a few shots that kind of, you know, limited my ability to get it close to the hole. So, um, you know, I fought hard, um, you know, missed a few, you know, putts. I wish I could get back, but, you know, that's how it goes. So. It seems like when you've gotten yourself into contention, you've handled that situation very well. It has to be nice to be back in contention. No, it is. You know, like I said, it's been definitely been a rough, you know, month, month and a half, two months for me. But, you know, I've been working hard. So just to kind of see it, you know, slowly pay off is, is good. It's hard for us to imagine that you're actually still a rookie, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like I said, all this is new to me still, seeing all the courses for the first time. Um, but, you know, I'm embracing it and just enjoying it. Cameron Champ just one shot uh, off the lead. Now let's talk about some guys, some notable guys, Mark, who missed the cut. And that's starting uh, with Dustin Johnson, who missed his first cut in his last 21 starts going back to the 2018 Open Championship. We know what he did the following week when he won last year's RBC Canadian Open. But DJ just didn't really have it this week, did he? He almost looked a little bit at him like he didn't want to be there. I hate saying that, but uh, it, it kind of felt like that from the time he got there. Uh, surprising performance because this guy just doesn't make miscuts, as you mentioned. But it, it, I don't know. I don't know how much he was into this one. Um, it's been a condensed part of the schedule. We've been talking about this. A lot of golf for these guys right now, right? We're, it feels like we're just doing a lot in a short period of time. A lot of them already looking to port rush. Uh, I don't know if that's part of it, but at the end of the day, he just didn't have it and going home for the weekend. Going home for the weekend for sure. And after uh, his round, DJ uh, spoke to the media. It just seemed like every time I had a bad shot, it was in the wrong spot and made bogey. Yeah, I just made way too many bogeys. You know, my good shots were really good, just the, the bad ones, I, you know, every time I made a bogey. So it was, uh, you know, they weren't far off, but... Yeah, I got a couple weeks here. Go home and practice and get ready for the Open Championship. Dustin, what parts of your game do you think you can improve on the most? Uh, right now, everything. <laughs> I get a little better with all, all parts of the game. But, um, yeah, I got a couple weeks. I'll go, go home and figure it out. Everything. That's what he wants to work on. Uh, another guy uh, who missed the cut, and maybe this one's a little more understandable, is Gary Woodland. Uh, his first start since the U.S. Open, uh, and Mark, uh, it really did seem like he was a little out of sorts, uh, really especially in round one, starting five over in his first 11 holes. Uh, you can see this coming a mile away, though, can't you, Adam? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he comes off his first major championship, you know, much later in life, too. This is something that, you know, Gary's, what, 35, 36 years old. So been working towards this his entire life. It's a big week for him at Pebble Beach. And there's a lot of things that happen after a major, as you know, that you don't normally deal with uh, when playing golf on the PGA Tour. Media commitments, celebrations, just people wanting time, people wanting a PCU. Uh, I, I think uh, Gary probably would have liked another week or two off. You've got to get back at it at some point, though. 
this was the week he kind of got back at it. But, uh, yeah, I don't think he was ready really to be out there and do that. I'll give Gary the pass for sure before I give it to BJ uh, on his performance this week. So, But, yeah, you're, I'm, you know, big names not making it to the weekend here. It seemed to be the theme when we were going out there Thursday, Friday. Are some of these guys going to make the cut or not? And uh, There could have been more joining them as well. You know, A couple of these guys just – touch and go to make it to the weekend so the cut low cut five under par uh <laughs> lowest cut on the pga tour this year adam previous lowest was four under now five under to play saturday that is crazy i was just going to mention that a couple of canadians now missing a cut mike weary who shot 68 uh on friday and ben silverman as well will not be around uh for the weekend but after his second round gary woodland had a chance to catch up with the media as well I made a lot of birdies today. I felt a lot better today. Yesterday, I think I was a little hyped up. Um, today was much more under control. I just was a little off with the game. Uh, made a lot of birdies, but made some some bad mistakes there. So that's frustrating. It's frustrating not to play well. Um, you know, the, the crowds, the golf course, everything was great this week. Uh, the energy, nice to have a new tournament and get the support that they've had. So unfortunately, I won't be here, but uh, they should have a great weekend. I need to get ready, um, but I'm excited about Port Rush. I've heard great things, um, but I got some work to do. Just tighten some things up. Uh, you know, I get, wasn't prepared as much as I probably should have been this week, but two weeks off, I'll have plenty of time and I'll be ready to go at Port Rush. Gary Woodland, 10 bogeys in two rounds of the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He only made four all week at Pebble Beach en route to his first major championship at the U.S. Open. Mark, on the other side, it's our favorite time of the show. It's Winners Weird and What. That's coming up next here on GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by TaylorMade and the speed-injected Twistface M5 and M6 drivers. Everybody gets faster in 2019. Visit tailormade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland, home of the 2019 Open Championship. Visit golfawaytours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Tourism Ireland, the Open Championship, three weeks away. It's the final major of the year. Going to be a good one. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully uh, sitting in studio this morning. Uh, Bob Weeks is uh, away, and Mark Sakino is covering the Rocket Mortgage Classic uh, in Detroit, where Nate Lashley is your 36-hole leader. But now it's time for our favorite time of the show. It's Winners Weird and What, and this week, Mark, you have the team. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! All right, Skulls, my winner this week, and I kind of alluded to this off the top of the show, Mm. it's been over 100 with the heat index here all week in Detroit. Uh, It's not the greatest field uh, in the world, let's be honest. This is not a star-studded field. A lot of guys already look at the Royal Portrush and kind of spread themselves uh, around a little with these last few starts before we get to the year's final major. Yet this tournament has just been jam-packed since the time I got here. The fans, the people of Detroit, really celebrating uh, the PGA Tour's first ever time in the actual city limits of, of Detroit, the city, as opposed to rural Detroit, which you know it's been to over the years, places like Oakland Hills and things of that nature, but actually arriving in Detroit City. And the weekend here is sold out. You cannot buy a ticket to the Rocket Mortgage Classic, and you know the heat's going to be coming 
they're going to bring the uh, they're going to bring the party. The attendance is great. So my winner of just the people of Detroit for coming out and supporting this uh, first uh, first year of the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Well done. Um, my weird this week. Okay, I got I, now, Adam. You know how much I love Ireland. Yes, uh, I've been there many, many times to play golf. As you know, mm-hmm. uh, you're going there this year. I'm going back this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been there with uh, Mrs. Golf Talk Canada without golf clubs. That's how much I enjoy the yeah. country and the people. That's big. But you can't love everything, right? <laughs> about every place, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the one little hiccup I have is what I like to call Billy D music. Now, of course, Irish, Gaelic, kind of Irish folk music, I like to refer to as the diddly D. And uh, uh, once a year on St. Patrick's Day, you walk in any pub, uh, they're playing it constantly, and it usually drives me up the wall. Now, this year on the NBC golf coverage of the, uh, of the or excuse me, yes, of the Open, uh, open Championship, yep. uh, they are dropping the bagpipes because we are in Northern Ireland. So those bagpipes that we hear every year for the Open Championship <laughs> are being replaced, Adam, with Diddly D. Did you know this? I didn't know this. This is news to me, and... Um, you know, yeah, I, I, all I can say is I'm glad I'm going to be there. So I'm not going to see much of the TV coverage. Um, but I mean, obviously watching a, t- a, te- a golf telecast, you can really get the theme song stuck in your head. And, uh, yeah. that, that's going to be there for, for viewers. Cause of course, coverage does start at one thirty in the morning, Eastern time on Thursday, July 18th. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's right. Oh, <laughs> that's right. 1.30 AM, four days of diddly D. Do me a favor. When you're talking a week, see later on in the show, ask him what his feelings are on Diddly D and if he knew of this. So I will. There you go. And I, I, I uh, won't even preface it with anything else. I'll just ask him that question straight up and don't wonder <laughs> what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My what this week is a good what. Yep. What around. Uh, and I, what I mean by what around is listen, one of the great things to do in golf and one of the great things about golf is, you know, you can play it your entire life, mm-hmm. right? You can play it into your 70s and your 80s, and it's, it's a sport for a lifetime that crosses the, uh, generations, grandparents play it with grandkids, et cetera, et cetera. But to shoot your age in a major championship, unbelievable. Tom Watson. 69 years old, goes out in the senior U.S. Open this week in the opening round and shoots his age, 69, on Thursday. He's just a, a month or so away from his 70th birthday, Adam. So to shoot to shoot your age in a U.S. Open, that's very impressive. Well done, Tom Watson. All right, Skulls, the tee is yours, sir. So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! Just one note on Tom Watson, that 2009 Open Championship, I can't believe that's 10 years ago now, when he was 59 years old, when he, had, when he was standing on the 18th fairway at Turnbury, just needed a four, and he was the Open champion. Would have been one of the craziest, most spectacular stories in sport. And, of course, he didn't and then lost the four-hole playoff by six shots. But still, that, you know, looking back, Mark, was that not one of the great moments in you know, recent golf memory? And the worst part about it, Adam, is, man, he hit the second shot per. I don't yeah. think he'd take that shot back. If yeah. that ball took a bit of a firm hop, if it lands one foot shy of where it lands, 
it snuggles up the hole. I mean, like he flagged it, and then it went over the back, kind of leaned against a, a weird spot, and you know, a little twitchy in from there. Mm-hmm. And but that's too bad because it was you know, oh. the swing was perfect coming in there. And uh, I hear you, but uh, I, Tom Watson's still going. He, he's impressive. And another great thing about that was he was supposed to be a commentator on ESPN for the final thirty-six holes, and obviously he had to make different plans because he was contending. <laughs> <laughs> In the golf tournament. So time for my three-dub. And, and uh, you know, you mentioned Tom Watson, 69 years old. I'm going to take you a step further uh, for my winner this week. And this is an 81-year-old golfer. His name is Chuck Miller, who made two aces in a six-hole stretch. Two holes in one in six holes. How wild is that to think about? A, that he did, he did this, two, two holes in one in six, hole, in six holes. And B, that he's 81 years old and did this. How does this happen, Adam? Well, so so <laughs> his first odds, yeah right? his first one came on his 12th hole, 138 yard. Uh, sorry, 135 yard, and he said he had a good shot and it went in. But he said the second one on 17, he sculled it and it hit the bank and just happened to <laughs> roll in. You know, you got to be good to be lucky, right? <laughs> That's it, man. Unbelievable. Oh I have noticed this. I got a theory on these hole in ones, too. Uh-oh. Okay, with not now. Listen, with the uh, now, I'm removing the best players in the world from this occasion, uh, from this uh, equation. Right. And I'm just referring to the average everyday man golfer. I would suggest to you that the, those low fin shots from the amateur golfer quite often have a better chance of going in than those quality high shots you see from low handicaps. Mm-hmm. I see so many guys at the clubs I play who are, you know, 12 to 16 handicaps that quite often hit, hit, hit that kind of thin, low approach shot. Find the cup because it's always scampering forward. Uh, and it's like, oh, my God, I just got to hit it a little crappier and I'll make <laughs> a few more aces. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is, Mark, that we have no chance because we hit the ball so darn high? Yeah, what I'm trying to say, Adam, is we're just too good. Is what I'm <laughs> oh, <to> God. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, hole in one, uh, good for this, uh, good for this uh, older gentleman, Chuck Miller, uh, two aces and six holes. That's pretty uh, unbelievable. My weird this week, uh, this goes to the press conference before the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Uh, Dustin Johnson uh, was uh, was speaking, and of course, going back to this is Gary Woodland's first uh, tournament since winning the U.S. Open, uh, and so he'd obviously be facing a different pressure, being a first-time major champion, uh, more media requests, first tournament since winning that first major, and of course, Dustin Johnson went through a similar situation after he won the 2016 uh, U.S. Open, but during this press conference, Dustin Johnson was asked how he fared during his next start after winning that U.S. Open and Mark he gave a pretty interesting response. Can you take us back to that next tournament after winning the U.S. Open? Did you have to totally like forget about winning it and the accomplishment and focus on the next thing? Honestly I don't even remember. (laughs) I mean it was Akron? Okay and I won there. Awesome. I'll run together. Second row right here. I mean, that was a long time ago. And then, yeah, like you said, Akron, it was before the Olympics. Well, and Mark, the best thing about this clip is watching Dustin's face when he's asked this question because he's he's like rolling his eyes. He just he, he couldn't remember. He just had no idea. I mean, but hey, when you win 20 times on tour, I guess they all blend together, right? 
Apparently, and I love it. You know, if this doesn't give you that clip right there, that little piece of audio, and certainly the visual that you're referring to, Adam, if that doesn't give you a clear window into the mind of Dustin Johnson, I don't know what what will. Like, nothing's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Doesn't really remember anything good. Doesn't really remember anything bad. It's kind of like the per almost the perfect mind for golf, really. You, you know? know? Yeah, it really is. You know, he's he's got that that you know that motto or mojo that you know never gets too high, never gets too low. If he makes a bogey or a birdie, you never really know. He doesn't really fist pump unless he's at the Ryder Cup sort of thing. And, and that's something that I think you know a lot of the weekend warriors out there that are listening to the show can really take and use that attitude and say, you know what, if I made a double bogey, that hole's over. I can move on now sort of thing. But, uh, you know, good for DJs, won 20 times on tour, but another just classic DJ moment uh, there for my weird. Now, my what? Uh, this is a strange ruling. So Darren Clark, uh, of course, former Ryder Cup captain, Captain won the 2011 Open Championship, but he made his senior U.S. Open uh, debut this week. But it came with a little bit of controversy. On his 10th hole, he hooked a shot way left and then got a two-shot penalty after his caddy tried to remove a bird feeder that was in Clark's line of play. Now, you might think a bird feeder is a, move is a movable obstruction, and it is definitely movable, but it is technically immovable. Uh, because of rule 16.1. Uh, so a very strange rule. And Mark, this video as well is also pretty funny, uh, where his caddy is literally, he's got two hands on this bird feeder, and he is trying with all his muscle and strength to move this thing as Darren is having a full-on conversation uh, with this rules official. But yet again, uh, another strange ruling uh, involving the USGA. It was bizarre, and it's bizarre on many occasions. Like, why would you not clarify whether you can move that or not before your caddy started pulling on it? The other thing is, once your caddy started pulling on it and realized how, how it was almost permanently fixed, a fixture on the golf course, would that not be a secondary uh, kind of light bulb going off, going, hmm, maybe, maybe I'm not supposed to move this? Mm hmm and then the third part of this is what's a birdhouse doing in the middle of a golf hole? <laughs> yeah. You know, like what are we? Where are we playing this U.S.? Uh, I know it's a golf course at Notre Dame, and mm -hmm. uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Notre Dame. And, yep. and I, I'm wondering my, yeah, I'm wondering myself, like you know, what's next? Is is there a slide? Is there a windmill? <laughs> There's a birdhouse? There's a doghouse? Like what are we doing here? So this is uh, this is bizarre on 900 levels. But I do know one thing. Uh, Darren Clark's reaction later on and whatnot, it was not very happy when he found out the penalty was being applied later on in the round. Uh, he was not pleased. But just a bizarre uh, circum a bizarre set of circumstances all around. Yeah, a, a weird moment for sure. And, you know, hey, if only Darren Clark's caddy was Brooks Kepka, then maybe he could have ripped that thing out of the ground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the other side, it's that time. We are going to give away our first, our first Bushnell, the Bushnell V4 shift. We're giving that away after the break. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Tourism Ireland, home of the 2019 Open Championship. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. 
And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully riding solo on this lovely morning. Uh, coming up next, we're going to be going one-on-one with the Executive Director of Golf Ontario. That's Mike Kelly for some very exciting tournaments uh, coming up. Uh, Bob Weeks is also going to join us uh, in our uh, two and Mark Sacchino now joins us on the line uh, from the Rocket Mortgage uh, Classic. Uh, and Mark, uh, what do, what are you expecting on this Saturday? Before we get into our giveaway, what are you expecting uh, on this Saturday? The forecast again, it looks like it's going to be a relative swamp out there in terms of heat. Uh, are we expecting another birdie fest? Do you think? I, I gotta think so. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Lashley and Champ react to being in the final group. Champ's obviously won on tour before, but uh, but he's still very limited in experience, he's, even as a winner. Uh, Lashley, you know, he got into this field as an alternate, so not too sure how they're going to react to that. Uh, the one thing they have going for them is that unlike most weeks on the PG Tour, when you've got a couple guys in the final group that are looking over their shoulder, they usually see some big names coming at them or guys that are really uh, not uh, afraid to be there. That's not the case this time around. When they look over their shoulder, there isn't much there. So who's going to come out of this pack and push these guys? That's what I'm looking for. I don't know. Charles Howe III is the obvious class of this group at two back in the penultimate group at 150. And it is a Charles Howe III type of golf course. You've got to drive it well off the tee here. So even with no rough, it is tree-lined. But someone's got to break out of this pack today, and I wonder who that's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be a very fun 36 holes uh, for sure. Okay, now it's the time you've all been waiting for. Many people uh, tweeted in and told us their Bushnell story. Uh, what we do, you send us your picks, video stories to Golf Talk Canada and Bushnell Golf on Twitter and Instagram. And just of how you use your Bushnell to make your best score. It can be your favorite hole, your favorite course, your nemesis hole, anything goes. And then every two weeks, we're going to draw for a brand new prize. This week, we are drawing for a Bushnell V4 Shift valued at $479. And Mark, this week's winner is Drum Jim Rose from Sarnia, oh, Ontario. Wow. <laughs> and the live audience goes wild. Again. Wow, this is standing ovation here. Jim Rose, you are going home with a Bushnell V4 shift. This is a new very exciting thing here on GTC. And Mark, we're going to do it again in two weeks' time, aren't we? Yeah, in two weeks, we're going to give away a hybrid, a Bushnell hybrid, which is uh, all the great things you normally get from Bushnell, plus also a uh, built-in GPS screen uh, just for the nuts and bolts of it. So that's valued at $400. We're going to give that away over the next two weeks. Just tweet us at Golf Talk Canada, at Bushnell Golf. Hit us up on Twitter and or Instagram uh, and just uh, tell us your Bushnell story. How do you use Bushnell? How you would use Bushnell? Whether it's picks, stories, videos, etc. In two weeks, we'll draw another winner, Skulls. And, of course, 20 weeks of TaylorMade does continue here on GTC. Uh, this week on, on our TV show, we are giving away a gapper. A gapper is being given away. Uh, the gapper has changed my game tremendously. I've actually taken out my three-wood and put the gapper in. And I know, Mark, you also carry, I want to say, the gapper low as well? Yeah, I carry, no, I'm the mid. I'm oh. the mid. Gapper mid, a three, yep. dialed down to a two. That's me. I got a three dialed down to a two. I love it. goes a mile. Uh, don't hit it as far as you. I'm not clocking 300 yards with this uh, gapper. <laughs> 
but uh, hitting it uh, off the deck anywhere from uh, 225 to 240 if I really press it. There you go. And then uh, off the off the tee anywhere from uh, 230 to 250 off the tee. So I really love it and uh, glad it's in the bag. Well, it's a very uh, it's a great club for sure. Now, Mark, we only have about two minutes left, and I, I want to ask you a question. Uh, you know, there's a lot of weekend warriors out there. You know, driving to their tea time right now, or maybe driving home from their tea time, and maybe recently they've had a really good round where you know they're catching uh, to, to try to break 80 for the first time or trying to break 90 for the first time. And just down the stretch, they can sort of not choke, but sort of get a little too nervous. And, and it's, it's no secret that you are a very good player. You're a scratch golfer. To those listening, trying to, to get that, you know, break 80 for the first time, break 70 for the first time, what sort of advice would you give them, you know, for down the stretch when they really feel uncomfortable over the golf ball? Oh man, a lot of it's cliche, Adam, but it's true. You gotta, you know, try to slow down. The natural thing to do is to speed up. Try to slow down, and the easiest way to slow down is, is just to breathe better, breathe deeper, breathe longer, breathe slower. If you control your breathing, it usually controls everything else you do. And uh, stay in the moment, one shot at a time. That's the cliche part of it, but it is true. And the other thing I would suggest to do is. Make sure you don't make choices that put yourself uncomfortable. The first thing you do when you're uncomfortable or feeling nervous is you make bad decisions. So go to things that you know are stock shots. If you're a cutter of the golf ball, play cuts. Don't look for draws. If you're trying to squeeze too much out of a golf club or you know maybe it's a bit of a heroic shot, don't do it. Take more club. Take the fat side of the flag. And I'm not saying don't be aggressive or go into neutral because you don't want to steer it around the golf course. But do things that keep you comfortable. I love that, and I have to make reference to this. Is uh, I, I was chasing an under par round this week, and unfortunately, uh, sort of collapsed under pressure. Uh, and then we went back and forth via text. So uh, I, I definitely appreciate that advice, and and hopefully uh, those listening as well. Whether you're trying to break a hundred for the first time, trying to break ninety for the first time, can appreciate that. And not only are you a good golfer, Mark. Obviously, now you're a life coach as well. Uh, so uh, congrats. <laughs> He's not the best man in the league for nothing, folks. Mark, thank you so much for, for your efforts this morning. Uh, good luck uh, the rest of the way uh, at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, and we will see you for a Canada Day special edition of Golf Talk Canada this coming week. Thanks, Adam. Have a great week. See you Tuesday, buddy. Okay, sounds good. That was uh, Mark Zacchino. You can catch him on PGA Tour Radio uh, throughout the weekend. On the other side, it's the back nine of GTC, starting with Executive Director of Golf Ontario, Mike Kelly. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada for blogs, podcasts, show archives, our YouTube channel, or for more information, visit us online at golftalkcanada.com. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Put time!
He's bold. I, you know, I am full of bold predictions. He's brash. I think Brooke is going to get one win next year. Ooh. Just one. Will it be a major? No, but I think it's going to be in Canada. Oh, oh that would be good. He's ballistic. Producer Scully, could you come and uh, cut the uh, the beer tap off here? He's bonkers. Spraying his balls with w- his golf Excuse balls. Excuse me? He's spraying his golf balls with water. It's Scully time. <laughs> Welcome back to Hour 2 here on Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully here riding solo in studio for the next uh, hour. We just had Mark Zacchino on in Hour 1 where we, we recapped the Rocket Mortgage <coughs> excuse me, Rocket Mortgage, Mortgage Classic, the first uh, 36 holes there and 36 holes to come. Uh, we're going to hear from Bob Weeks later this hour. We're going to sort of recap the, the, the year that's been in Canadian golf and look ahead to what's to come. Uh, but now we have a special guest joining us, and that's uh, Mike Kelly, the Executive Director of Golf Ontario. Mike, how are you this morning? I'm great. How about you? I am marvelous. The weather is getting better, and it is a good time to be a golf fan. Uh, Mike, as you know, our episode of Golf Talk Canada TV was taped this week at Woodington Lake uh, Golf Club in Tottenham, Ontario, the site of the first ever Ontario Disability Golf Championship, August 24th, 26th, and the 96th Ontario Open Championship just after that, August 26th. Um, what is your excitement level? First of all, let's start here uh, with the Ontario Open Championship. Just what's your excitement level around that? Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's pretty exciting. To, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. It's uh, it's been a long time coming, and uh, you know, it's been played in over 30 years. So it's uh, it's got quite the history to the event. Uh, some of the champions include you know Sam Snead and Mo Norman, George Newton. Um, you know, and. Uh, and it's being played at a wonderful golf course um, with wonderful new owners at the golf course that have really allowed this to, to happen. So we had our media day there on Tuesday, and, and the boys from Golf Talk Canada were there uh, live on location and taping that show. So it was, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of excitement building around it. People are qualifying as we speak today in uh, at Riverbend Golf Club in London. So they, uh, and we have a number of qualifiers still to come. So it's uh, um, a lot of excitement. And, and, you know, in a really renewed, um, you know, sense of, of really joy bringing this event back after 30 years. One thing that stuck out to me there, and I'm sure it will have stuck out to the listeners tuning in, is it's the first time it's being played uh, in 30 years. Uh, just, if you can, walk us through how that came to be uh, with the 30-year gap to sort of uh, have it back coming up uh, this August. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I mean, it certainly predates uh, my time with Golf Ontario, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think at the end of the day, right, it, it, it takes partners, uh, you know, to make an event like this happen. It's, uh, it's an open event, right? So it's, it's an event that both amateurs, PGA professionals, and tour, touring pros can play in. So it's, uh, that's kind of really neat um, aspect of this event is it really brings the golf industry together in Ontario for kind of your last major of the year. We're calling it kind of take a, you know, uh, take something for the PGA and, you know, when it was in August, you know, it's kind of glorious last shot in Ontario. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, I think with new ownership at Woodington Lake and, and these owners are, um, are breathing some, some fresh air in, into, into the golf space. Uh, they, they, uh, uh, they spend most of their time in, you know, running restaurants and buildings and, and things of that nature. And I think, you know, what really is going to allow this event to really 
be something special is is what actually happens outside the ropes as well. Uh, you know, there's it's going to be a special experience for all the for all the competitors who play um, in both events. And you know, I, I'd say at the end of the the, the day, it, it was really um, that partnership, our our, um, our desire to bring this back, and their desire to have an event to really showcase their facility and their plans. Um, you know, in developing and and bringing that. Uh, their their facility uh, and their golf course to another level. We're in conversation with Mike Kelly, the executive director of Golf Ontario, discussing the 96th Ontario Open Championship uh, coming up uh, this August. Now, you, you touched on it there a little earlier. A, a number of qualifiers have either already happened or are just around the corner. C- can you, if you can, walk us through what the qualifying sort of schedule is right now? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, as I said, uh, today... Uh, we have uh, a you know significant number of people down in London at Riverbend Golf Club qualifying, mm-hmm. um, and then we have qualifiers happening next week in in Ottawa, uh, Woodington Lake, which is I believe July the sixth, uh, and a chance there to try to qualify and get another practice round in um, at Woodington Lake, and mm-hmm. then the final qualifier is July twenty fourth, um, which is at Glendale, mm-hmm. uh, just at Hamilton there. So there are there are. Um, spots available in each one of those uh, qualifiers. So to, to register, um, again, uh, anybody can play. Uh, you can be a junior golfer and, and register to play in the event. Um, you, know, you can be a senior amateur or a pro, as I, I, as I had said. So um, you go to the Ontario, the Ontario Open.ca, um, and you go through uh, the, the process of just registering for one of those qualifying sites and then uh, give it a go and, and see what happens. At, at the end of the day, uh, 70. So there's 144 people mm-hmm. that will be in this field, mm-hmm. uh, in the championship field. 75 players will come from the qualifiers. 75 players will be exempted through uh, exemptions. We provide the PGA Tour Canada, McKenzie Tour, uh, through our amateur events and championships, as well as the PGA uh, uh, championships in Ontario. So it's uh, it's going to be a, an incredible mix of of golfers at all levels. Um, and uh, it should be a ton of fun. And and if, if, was I reading this right that there's a purse of uh, forty thousand dollars? Is that how how great is that too? Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Again, that's 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 thanks to uh, the the ownership of Winnington Lake. I mean, they've um, you know, I really that's what it comes down to in providing an open and it being a you know a professional event. You need to have a purse, and uh, forty thousand dollars is will be the largest. Uh, professional event in Ontario, really outside of of a PGA Tour Canada event. So it's um, you know, so it's and we hope to grow that. Uh, that is definitely the intention of of um, all involved is to grow that and and really make it a premier championship that has high impact. Um, you know, both on on uh, on the amateurs, but also on on the the young pros. And you know, when you look at some of the people that have that will be playing, you know, I wanted to to tell. Tell your listeners a little bit about Josh Whalen. Mm-hmm. So Josh Whalen's on the national team. Um, he's part of our provincial team. And Josh, um, is, you know, there's a, a very strong chance that, that Josh may be turning professional around that time. And that the Ontario Open would be his first event. Hmm. Um, so we've provided Josh an exemption um, as part of the national Great. team. And, and, you know, so there's, there's going to be stories like that that I think um, you know, really bring to the forefront, you know, why an event like this is so important. 
Well, and, and Josh could join, you know, if, if he does do well and does have a chance to win, he could join past winners. Like you mentioned, Sam Snead, Mo Norman, George Knudsen. Mike, this is simply one of the most historic events in Canada in golf, and, and it's meant so much to so many people, hasn't it? Yeah, it is actually one of the oldest OVA championships in the world. I mean, we're talking, when we, and the, the neat thing is we have the cup from 19, you know, circa 1920-ish. <laughs> and uh, so it is, it's historic. It just hasn't been played in a number of years. So it's, uh, it, it is uh, remarkable, the number of winners. Like another tidbit for you, Sam, uh, not Sam Seen, sorry, Lee Trevino played in this in, I believe, 1960, 1962, something like that, mm-hmm. and finished fifth. Wow. Um, wow. And uh, she made $1,000 for that fifth place finish <laughs> in 19, awesome. you know, in the early 1960s. So, That's and amazing. We're learning as we go um, about some of the, the, the people that have played and some of the stories around this have, that, that go back so many, so many years. We're in conversation with uh, Mike Kelly, the executive director of Golf Ontario. And yes, this Ontario Open Championship is going on in August. But just before that, there's also another very exciting tournament and that's the first ever Ontario Disability Golf Championship. Mike, just what's the excitement level around that at this point? Wow, that's uh, it's kind of blown our minds to be honest with you, the response to bringing this uh, event uh, onto the schedule and this, is, this has been uh, you know, I think this, this, this conversation um, which is where it kind of began, started kind of around the Invictus Games mm-hmm. um, and just looking at what a golf competition can do um, as a platform to helping, you know, uh, th- that, that community. And, and we felt that, that as part of our new kind of strategic plan that we needed to have more of a role and, and, and be more um, supportive to, uh, to all golfers. And so that's where this kind of event was born. So it, it is going to be the very first uh, world-ranked uh, event for golfers with a disability in, you know, in Canada. So that is pretty cool. Uh, it's not often you get to do something like that. So, but, you know, we're going to be learning as we go here. So it won't be a big, big field to start. Uh, we'll be no more than 60 players. Um, and so just to kind of walk you through, you know, what does it mean to be a world-ranked event? Well, we actually are bringing a, a classifier. So a classifier is coming from Europe. Um, and the classifier actually has to, you know, kind of check the box that, um, you know, if you say that you have a physical disability, he will um, kind of classify you that, yes, you are, and, and that you can get world rank, ranking points based on your finish. Hmm. Uh, so uh, so th- there's that element to it. And, and, you know, the neat thing is that the new rules code that, has, that came out in 2019 right. does cover off four different categories when it comes to disabilities. Hmm. Um, you know, so it covers off uh, the physical side, the cognitive side, uh, visual and emotional. So there's... It, all these golfers can compete together, which is really neat, and it's going to be, you know, a very, um, again, I said it's going to be a very impactful event as a platform to to hopefully um, really inspire, you know, the the golf industry to continue to to work together and provide opportunities for all golfers to get into the. Yeah, it's going to be super inspiring. I, I can't wait to, to tune in and, and hopefully get there in person to see some of it. And if I'm understanding this correctly, there's a low gross and no net for both men and women. Is that correct? Uh, so, yeah. So, it's, I mean, again, it's open event. So anybody can play. Uh, there will be a gross champion. Um, there will be a net champion, which I think is really important because 
um, again, it's a, the spectrum is very broad, and we want to provide you know an opportunity uh, for somebody who's you know for those top level um, you know golfers to to win a gross level championship, similar to how we run most of our championships, but also on the net side, uh, you know. So I think it really caters to the um, you know to that broader spectrum of, of golfer with um, for those with a disability, and I think that we'll learn as we go here. I think that's probably just as important so we'll we will learn a lot this year um we'll make whatever tweaks are necessary to continuing you know to continue um improving that event and um and making it what what we believe is our goal is to make that one of the the biggest um you know golf events for golfers with disability in the world um and uh, it will be ranked uh this year so lots of lots of positives there as well and and so it's kind of part of this open week which was this vision to start with that, you know, it was open, both professionals, amateurs, and then you add this disabilities piece onto it. To me, it's a home run. A home run for sure. And, and you just caught on our, right onto my next question. Uh, you know, both of these tournaments are going on at Woodington Lake uh, Golf Club. Uh, was that the major factor to try to get both of them at the same time to sort of promote it that way? Or, or was there another uh, reason behind that? No. I mean, when we started talking about this event with them, you know, this was – this was part of the conversation from the very beginning, and they've been unbelievably supportive um, in in this, you know, as part of bringing back the Ontario Open. This is just as important to, to the to the new owners of Woodington Lake uh, to be part of of you know providing a, you know positive experiences for golfers. And, and you know, for the media day, they they hosted this first kind of industry event there, and they had all different partners and restaurants and. I honestly have never experienced the types of food. I had yam ice cream. Ooh. Like, who's had yam ice cream? Like wow. it was. Those are the types of things actually competitors are going to see and experience that they've never seen before. And and you know that we've been able to attract a number uh, of partners. Uh, that the town of Tottenham has been unbelievable um, in terms of you know long term partnerships as well as um, Jewel Radio and TaylorMade and and we've got and it goes the list goes on and on. Um, you know, so I'll, there's a lot of people that are that want to get connected into this, and uh, and you know, and and it will again, as I said, it will it will grow, and and there's two golf courses at Woodington Lake, so there's a legacy course and a a legends course. So one the the disabilities will play one, and and the open will play the other, and and uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Amazing! I I can't wait to. To be there and, and watch these two great tournaments, uh, that's for sure. Now, Mike, before we let you go, it is Canada Day weekend, so we got to ask you, there's been a lot of great moments in Canadian golf so far uh, in 2019. Uh, if you could pick one, what would be your favorite moment? Wow, I'm going to shock you here because this Ooh. is something that uh, I had. There is So, my first of all, um, you know, it was I'm a Tiger fan, so yep. it was pretty – I'm pretty sure I cried. <laughs> oh, me too. Uh, not oh, yeah. Lie. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, – but well, Corey winning the Valero Texas Open yeah. kind of ties into my favorite um, kind of moment of Canadian golf. So Corey, as you know, got the one of the very final spots into the Open Championship. Mm-hmm. Well, I had the opportunity to tell him that. Really? So we, one of my former staff members is in player relations with the RNA now. Yeah. And so she called me to say, hey, Corey's getting the final spot, um, one of the final spots, because there are a couple here in Detroit this week, but... Um, how would you like to tell him? Wow. So that he's playing in his very first 
So this is, will be his first Open Championship. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thought that was one of the coolest things. So I called Corey down in, down in uh, just before he stepped out for the Pro-Am and got to give him the good news. And honestly, that was a very cool thrill to, to do that. I you know, have a very good relationship with Corey and, and a number of guys and, and gals that have come up through our programs. And, and uh, those relationships are incredibly meaningful to me. And to be able to tell Corey that is definitely the highlight of, my, of getting a golf this year for me. Oh, that's amazing. That's a great story. Well, Mike, uh, it's a very exciting time coming up for Golf Ontario. Thanks so much for taking some time this morning. And uh, good luck as these championships uh, get closer. Well, thank you very much again for having me on. You have me on almost, seems like, every couple of months. And we appreciate our partnership with, uh, with the Golf Talk Canada. And, uh, you know, have a great rest of the show. Thank you, sir. That was uh, Mike Kelly, the executive director uh, of Golf Ontario. The 96th Ontario Open gets underway August 26th, and the first ever Ontario Disability Golf Championship August 24th. Now, Mike mentioned Corey Connors. On the other side, we're going to hear an interview Bob Weeks did with one of Corey Connors' good friends and fellow Canadian professional, Taylor Pendrith. This is GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Only 30 minutes from downtown Toronto with flexible membership packages and one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Cedar Bray is the place to be. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Producer Adam Scully riding solo here in studio on this lovely Canada Day long weekend. Special shout out to Kawhi Leonard. Happy 28th birthday. Uh, Everyone in Canada hopes that you uh, stay with the Raptors. Thank you, our live studio audience. Uh, Going crazy this morning. Uh, Let's get back to some golf here. Nate Lashley is your 36-hole leader. Could be a huge week for him. He's 132nd in the FedEx Cup standings, 353rd in the world. He's had rounds of 63-67. After his second round on Friday, he had a chance to catch up with Golf Channel. I always say it's hard to follow a low number after posting a round like you did with that 63. How would you characterize your second round getting in with a 67? I mean, it was very similar. I, I hit the ball really well, drove the ball well. Uh, just didn't make as many putts today, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm driving it solid. Uh, just doing everything well. I had a nice up and down, but I stayed there on nine and uh, making some putts when I need to. You're a 36-hole co-leader in Puerto Rico. You opened with a 67 at the U.S. Open. From those starts, how have those experiences helped you so far this week? Uh, you know, like you, like you said, it's just more and more experience. You know, every week helps just uh, getting comfortable out here, playing more and more. And, um, you know, the main thing for me is just, is just getting out there, play, getting comfortable and, and playing golf. At 36, it's been a long road for your second season on the PGA Tour. Was there ever a point where you started to question if you would ultimately get to this final destination? Oh, yeah, definitely. I question it all the time. I, you know, quit once for a few months and then realized that, you know, golf was uh, a lot more fun than a desk job. So went back to playing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously that always runs through your mind when there's years and years of missing a Q school and then not playing your best when you need to. But, uh, you know, I just I'm glad I stuck with it. And that's just it's great feeling to be out here. 
Nate Lashley as well is 27th on the PGA Tour in third round scoring average, 69.40. Uh, so look out for Nate uh, this weekend as he looks for that PGA Tour uh, victory. Uh, switching gears here a little bit now uh, to some homegrown talent here in Canada. It is Canada Day long weekend right now, and that's Taylor Pendrith. He is one of the top young Canadian talents. He's shown flashes of brilliance in the past. He shot 65 in the first round of the 2014 RBC Canadian Open, but has battled some injuries in recent years, and now he's healthy and on the McKenzie Tour. Bob Weeks had a chance to catch up with Taylor Pendrith recently. Let's hear that interview. All right, here's Taylor Pendrith, and uh, Taylor, we're standing on the tee at uh, TPC Osprey Valley. What was this tournament like in its first year for you? Uh, it was great. You know, I've, I've uh, I'd actually never been out here before. Um, I knew there was going to be a tournament here, so it's it's a pretty awesome facility, and the tournament was the tournament was great. You know, I didn't play overly well, but uh, it was ran very well. Lots of support from the community and and people in the GTA, and I think it's only going to get better over the years. Uh, this year on the McKenzie Tour, you're finally kind of healthy and playing a little bit uh, to your level, at least where, where, you, where you know you can play full out. What's it been like uh, to kind of feel that sense of, of, I don't know, freedom, I guess? Yeah, no, it's great. I uh, haven't really felt any pain all year, which is great. Um, being able to practice kind of the way that I want to again, um, like I used to um, in the game is definitely getting better um, driving it well and putting it well so it's uh it's just a matter of time i think before a couple good finishes come in I've, you know i've been close i've even this year like finished tied for 10th in victoria and um kind of got back into the feeling of being in contention so uh looking forward to the next few weeks i really like the golf courses um and uh, my game feels good so super excited to to get going what does the mckenzie tour teach you what does it give you um as, as a professional well, it teaches you how to go low, that's for sure, because every week, I mean, last year, every cut was, you know, six under, and you're not really thinking about making a cut, you're thinking about winning, but the winning scores were all, you know, mid, mid to, or low to mid 20 unders, so it really teaches you to make birdies and kind of eliminate bogeys. Um, and a lot of guys I see out here are, you know, hitting driver every hole, even on the tight golf courses. So um, for myself, I've been driving it well and been hitting more drivers this year on holes that I've never even think about hitting driver on uh, in previous years. So it's uh, you kind of got to play aggressive, pick your spots, obviously, but it's more of a, a birdie fest out here. So which is good because it prepares you for the next level. I was just gonna say, is that a, is that a benefit? Because it, I was just talking to Derek Ingram, the national team coach, and he's saying that what we're trying to teach these guys is is to go low. If you're at five, go to six. If you're at six, go to eight or ten. For sure, yeah. I mean, it's all about being comfortable, being that many under par. And I've shot some low competitive rounds in the past, and I feel great. You know, that's all I want to do is keep making more birdies and, and try to eliminate the bogeys. And uh, you know, over the years, I've I've kind of slimmed down on making bogeys, I'd say, um, which is which is what you need to do. And I think the McKenzie Tour kind of really teaches you how to how to score your golf ball and, and uh, you know, really go low because that's what you need to do. And then when you get on a tough golf course, you can kind of dial it back, but you got to be able to be comfortable, you know, five, six, seven, eight under par regularly on the McKenzie Tour because if you're not, you're getting lapped. You have a, a, an interesting relationship this year with the Mississauga Steelheads hockey team. Tell us a little bit about that and, and uh, what it means to have the logo on your shirt. Yeah, it's great. I mean, growing up, I wanted to be a hockey player. I played hockey basically from when I was probably six years old till I play once a year now, but uh, <laughs> I still love it. Um, you know, being a Canadian is definitely your first passion.
passion I would say for most kids growing up so to be um, you know have support from an OHL team is is awesome you know a bunch of my buddies growing up played in the OHL and so I've kind of been familiar with the league and, and the team for years now and uh, it's just awesome to to represent them around around the country and uh, wear the logo. Uh, you also, I understand, spent some some time this year in uh, in Corey Connor's basement, or <laughs> his he was. They were calling you your their their uh, son from 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 up north. But you're good, such good friends with Corey. Obviously, what's the encouragement you get from him? What's it like, you know, staying with him, watching him, and seeing the success, and knowing that you can do that too? Yeah, I mean, uh, he opened up his house for me basically said he wasn't going to be there very much and if I could just I could stay there and take care of it so that's helped me out a lot but uh, you know at least there's somebody living in his house while, while they were gone um, on the PGA Tour but um, yeah no it's great I mean when he is home we play golf every day and uh, just seeing you know I've practiced with him for years now at Kent State for four years and on the national team for the same time probably more um, it's it's super exciting to see I was really pumped for him to, to see him win um, and it also gives me motivation to get out there to join him because it would be a lot of fun to um, be roommates again on the PGA Tour. <laughs> All right well uh, best of luck the rest of the way on the cool. McKenzie Tour. Right on thanks Bob. That was Bob Weeks and Taylor Pendrith. Coming up after the break, we're going to go one-on-one with Bob, and we'll discuss Pendrith and all things Canada on this, the Canada Day long weekend. This is GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Only 30 minutes from downtown Toronto, with flexible membership packages and one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Cedar Bray is the place to be. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Addy Power Forged. Increased stability exactly where you need it. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Okay, yeah. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, special Canada Day long weekend edition. Uh, this is producer Adam Scully riding solo here uh, in studio. Now joining us on the line uh, is Bob Weeks. And Bob, thank you for sending us the recording of yourself uh, singing O Canada. That was from uh, the Richview Collegiate Choir, where you, <laughs> you, your mother and I sang together in there, wow. along with Stephen Harper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you this morning on, on this lovely uh, Saturday morning, uh, enjoying some time off? Yeah, it's great. I'm up, up north at a friend's uh, cottage, Beautiful. just kind of relaxing for a little bit and watching the, the lake and Beautiful. maybe do a little uh, cottaging-type activities today and possibly some golf, but we'll see wow. uh, what happens. Yeah, it's kind of a departure for me. <laughs> Love it. Yes, a, a, some well-deserved time off. You're one of the most hardworking men uh, in, in this uh, business, so thank you for taking some time uh, this morning. And as I mentioned off the top, uh, this is Canada Day long weekend, so we have an all-Canadian-themed uh, little segment here for you okay. and um, so some some news Canadian wise this week and that was Corey Connors uh, getting a spot at the Open Championship uh, just how significant is this not only for him but now to have two Canadians at the Open Championship uh, well it's great for Corey obviously anytime you can play in a major championship it's it means you're you're playing pretty well 
And I think the thing that it really speaks to is that Corey's game is now um, really starting to, to progress, really starting to roll. We saw him win, obviously, earlier at the Valero Texas Open this year. Um, that, that got him into the Masters. He didn't uh, get into the U.S. Open, but he will now play in the, in the Open Championship. And that's where you want to be. You want to be trying to beat the best players in the world, and the best players play in the majors. And this will be a big step for, uh, for Corey to get into the Open Championship. It's, um, it's going to be a little different for him. He's not, not that he's not uh, – he has some familiarity with Lynx golf. He's played a little bit while he was an amateur player when he was representing Canada. But this will be, um, be a big step up for him, and it's, it's one he's, uh, he's relishing and, and deserves. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm curious as well. I asked Mark Zacchino the same very question. Given the unknown that is Port Rush, and a lot of guys will be stepping on that golf course for the very first time on Open Championship Week, do you think that could potentially give Corey Connors some sort of an advantage, potentially? <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that course, um, how the layout kind of affects different players, because as you said, it's a bit of an unknown now. Players are so good these days, and they'll have practice rounds. So when the tournaments, tournament rounds start, you know they'll have some familiarity, but obviously not like Graham McDowell, who said he's played anywhere between 350 and 500 rounds there, <laughs> or or Rory McIlroy, who's played a lot there as well. So um, you know those little nuances could make the difference, or some guy could just get hot, love links golf like a Corey Connors, mm-hmm. and uh, and perhaps you know shoot up the leaderboard. It's, I think it's, it's so much fun this way because there is that sense of the unknown, that there is um, a lot of players who are going to be either playing Lynx golf for the first time mm-hmm. or playing uh, on a course where they don't really know all the, where all the bounces are. And, of course, we know that with this kind of golf, you're going to get some strange and unlucky and, and possibly lucky bounces as well. So that's what makes uh, Lynx golf so fun and this championship so great. We're with Bob Weeks, and Bob, someone who's very close to Connors is Taylor Pendrith, and we just heard your interview with him. You have an article right now up on tsn.ca on Pendrith, and one thing that really struck out to me, or stuck out to me immediately, was Adam Hadwin's line when he saw Pendrith hit a ball. He he called it, quote, disturbing. Uh, Tell us a little little bit more about uh, Pendrith. Well, Taylor is, uh, Taylor went to it was sort of a late bloomer to golf in terms of, of uh, amateur golf. Played pretty well. They won the Porter Cup, which is a, a pretty significant amateur championship, and uh, played at Kent State. And they, he went down there at the same time as, as Corey Connors. In fact, they were roommates for basically all four years, mm-hmm. uh, having lived fairly close to each other. Taylor's in, uh, in uh, Richmond Hill. That's where he grew up, and Corey lived in Listowel. Um, but I think, you know, Taylor had probably more highlights in his in his career he's they're, they're very different players let's put it that way uh, taylor is a big bomber hits it a long way and and lives and dies kind of through that part of his game where Corey is a guy who's not that he's short but he's more a guy who will wear out the middle of the fairway wear out the middle of the green and if his putter's working then then look out i can remember going down to do a um, to do some some work on with uh, with both those guys for tsn a number of years ago when they were at college and her page actually told me he thought that Taylor Pendrith was the real star. He thought he was going to be the guy who was, who was going to really develop onto a big bona fide PGA Tour player. Um, but he's had some injuries. He's slowed a little bit. He was never um, the at, at college. He was never the most dedicated guy when, let's say, in the gym and things like that. But I think he's really matured as a player off the golf course, realizing what he needs to do, how hard he has to work, uh, that he's going to have to kind of grind it out in the in the minor leagues, as most of the other guys have already done. And he, he, I think potentially now that he's healthy and that he's rounded out his game a little bit better, he could be a really, really devastating golfer um, if he gets his mind to it. 
Yeah, for sure. And and, and one uh, thing that really stuck out to me right away was looking back at the 2014 RBC Canadian Open when he shot 65 uh, in that first round and sort of out of nowhere, no one really uh, knew who he was. And one thing as well from that interview, uh, he's going to be wearing a special logo uh, on his shirt this year, the Mississauga Steelheads. And, and not the first uh, Canadian golfer to have uh, a hockey logo on their <laughs> shirt. Uh, of course, Brad Fritch with the Ottawa Senators uh, as well. It's a pretty cool little partnership, isn't it? It is. So the Mississauga Steelhead's owner is, uh, is a guy by the name of Elliot Kerr, mm-hmm. who also happens to be Taylor's agent. So there's a little <laughs> bit of a, of a, of a smooth uh, association there. But it's kind of cool. And, and uh, Taylor was telling me this week that he was out um, doing some stuff with the Steelheads uh, just recently. They, uh, they have a lot of uh, if foundations and things like that, that, that he, our app foundation that he does some work for. And it's, it's kind of a neat uh, relationship. And I think it's, uh, it benefits both parties. I think it's nice for Taylor to have a uh, a hockey relationship. He said he was a hockey player growing up a little bit, but um, but it's kind of a cool association, as you said. There's not the first one to not the first player to have a hockey relationship. I think for a while too, um, Adam Hadwin had a little bit with the mm-hmm. Vancouver Canucks, mm-hmm. and we know all these players live and die by their hockey teams. If you look at their uh, their yardage books, a lot of them have uh, logos on it. Uh, uh, Mackenzie Hughes has a Leafs logo, and Graham Dillette used to have a, a Calgary Flames logo on his. So, uh, lot, just another chapter in the extension between golf and hockey yeah that's for sure and and you know now looking at the pga tour this week uh mackenzie hughes having a good week but one guy i really want to focus on uh, is mike weir and he shoots four under in two rounds you know any other week on tour you would think you're making the cut but he just <laughs> slides out because the cut's at five under so he shot four he was four under through two rounds as well as ben silverman but bobby you gotta think this is a step in the right direction for mike weir who's now finally healthy he's got pga tour champions uh in a year or so uh, this has to be a step in the right direction for mike hasn't it yeah it's heartbreaking to see him i saw that and he was inside the cut line and i checked and then i went back later at night checked and saw that it moved yeah stroke this is the uh this is the fifth time this year that mike weir has missed the cut by one shot Ooh. and you gotta be just heartbreaking i mean it was at the u.s open he missed by one shot and i think at the masters as well yeah by one shot so um, it is frustrating, I'm sure, because you know that you know somewhere along the 36 holes you could have saved one shot somewhere. But uh, but you're right. I think Mike is actually playing some some good golf. If you look at his stats now, the club that has always been giving him some so much trouble over the last little while, the driver. I won't say it's great, but it's certainly really improving. And he's working with a guy named Matt Blackburn, who is the same coach as uh, Ches Reeve. So he's finally been able to kind of work something out with Mike where he's able to at least get the ball in the fairway. And Mike's short game is so good that if he can, if he can put the ball in the fairway, he's going to make some birdies and he's going to have some opportunities. So, um, as you said, nice to see him going in the right direction. Sort of sad to see him with a weekend off again. Yeah, he's getting some tough breaks uh, for sure. Now, as we mentioned off the top, since it is Canada Day, we're going to look and reflect back on some of the top Canadian golf moments of the year. And we got to start with Brooke Henderson becoming the all-time winningest Canadian professional golfer and doing it th- doing this at the age of 21. Is this surprising to you? Is this amazing? Is this shocking? What is this uh, for you? <laughs> uh, I think I would call it inevitable, but uh, <laughs> but. But you're right. I think the, the, to me the shocking part is not that she won, that she's won nine times. It's that she's done it at 21 years old, yeah. and and she's really only been on the LPGA tour for four years. When you think about that, now of course she's been winning professional tournaments since she was 14 years old. So to me, it's it's. Um, I mean, this is just uh, she can be she can win as many as you know two or three times what she's got right now by her career, depending on how long she wants to play and and the decision she has. Uh, you know, she's going to make in in her life and uh, that are off the golf course. Um, but I, I just think that's, 
an amazing moment. And as you talked to, I remember talking to Mike Weir at the at the U.S. Open a few weeks ago, and he said, "Oh yeah, it's going to happen. It's inevitable. It's, it's not like it's not going to happen." <laughs> but uh, but you never know because I mean, obviously, I thought Mike Weir would win a lot more than eight, but he got suffered, you know, suffered through the injury. So as long as she stays healthy. Boy, the uh, the ceiling is very high. Yeah, it's very high. <laughs> That's for sure. And another great moment on the PGA Tour this year. We mentioned Corey Connors, and he won the Valspar. Uh, you know, pretty amazing. You know, winning the tournament. Or, uh, sorry, the Valero, Valero Texas Open. Yes, yeah. my bad. Uh, winning the Valero Texas Open, especially amazing. You know, since he Monday qualified for the tournament, and with that, got a berth in the Masters, wasn't it? Yeah, and and you know, you, you can look take it even a step further back he was playing in uh, puerto rico mm-hmm. and missed the cut there and if he hadn't missed the cut there he wouldn't have been able to make his connection right. to, to try and monday qualify so there's all sorts of things that go in you know whenever you win the golf tournament whoever it is there's always these little things that happen little breaks they you know a uh, putt bounces in instead of bouncing out and i mean all sorts of things like that but i think again for Corey, we've seen him come close the years before and perhaps you know fritter it away in the last round whether it's nerves or uh, poor execution or whatever. I think he'll, he learned from some of those. Um, he did come close at Valspar the year before, and you can remember right. Tiger Woods was in the group ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are there are opportunities to learn. And Corey is a fast learner. He's a he's a very very smart individual. Um, he went to school for uh, for something that I don't even know what it is. Some sort of math thing. actuarial something <laughs> actuarial math. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for reminding me. <laughs> so you know he's no he's no dummy out there, and he did learn from those. And and I think he's continuing to learn. Um, and right now, you know, we're, we're a year away from the Olympic Games, and mm-hmm. the team would be Mackenzie Hughes and Adam, or sorry, Corey Connors and Adam Hadwin, um, and that would be a pretty dynamic duo if you were talking about representing Canada, as we are on Canada Day mm-hmm. at, the, at the Olympic Games. Yeah, would it ever? And, you know, speaking of Canada Day, and you, we look back, and the RBC Canadian Open date change, that was a huge topic, you know, since it was announced. And, you know, with Rory McIlroy winning with the concert series, the RBC Canadian Open this year at Hamilton was an absolute home run wasn't it it was on so many levels including thankfully to for the for the weatherman i mean four <laughs> yeah. days of absolutely uh picture perfect weather mm-hmm. it was not too hot not too cold sunny and the golf course the golf course gave up we, we thought it was going to give up some low rounds and and uh to see rory you know have a chance to shoot 59 was pretty incredible mm-hmm. i i just think that uh, there were so many positives out of that and very few negatives that i can think of um, that, that that happened on over that tournament, and you get yourself a great champion who who plays along and puts on the Raptors sweater <laughs> and uh, does some great things, and to know you're going to have him back again next year, uh, I think it speaks volumes to where the tournament is now and, the, and what the new date has allowed them to do. And RBC is really stepping this up to a point where um, you know you 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 just know you're going to get an amazing field out there, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen next year when they go to St. George's. The only downside right now with that with everything is. We need to we need to get an announcement on the next course after mm-hmm. St. George's, so we'll see what happens. It was a great tournament for sure for the top six players in the world, and of course, a very deserving champion uh, in Rory McIlroy. Bob, thanks so much for joining us this morning, and enjoy the rest of your weekend off, and we'll see you next week. Okay, enjoy the fireworks, everybody. <laughs> that was Bob Weeks enjoying some downtime uh, up north, sitting by the dock, I sure hope. Uh, on the other side, we're going to wrap up this Canada Day special edition of GTC. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Addy Power Forged. Increased stability exactly where you need it. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. 
This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Wrapping up this morning's edition of Golf Talk Canada, this is producer Adam Scully. He's been riding solo here for the full uh, two hours on this lovely Canada Day long weekend. And I should preview as well this week on Golf Talk Canada television. We're going to look back at some of those great moments in Canadian golf, whether it was Brooke Henderson winning both her eighth and her ninth tournaments, becoming the all-time winningest Canadian professional golfer, whether it was Corey Connors winning and then getting into the Masters. Or the RBC Canadian Open, which is what a home run success that was, and having or watching Rory McIlroy go 64-61 on the weekend uh, to win by seven in his first ever start at the RBC Canadian Open and second ever time in Canada, uh, pretty special uh, for sure. Now on the PGA Tour, uh, Cameron Champ is one shot off the lead of on uh, Nate Lashley on the PGA Tour. Uh, Cameron Champ, I should say as well. Um, prior to this week, Cam Champ, he snapped tw- uh, a streak of 21 rounds without breaking 70. So Cam Champ, uh, he's, been, he's been struggling prior to this week, but golf is a crazy game. He is one shot off the lead, and after his round, he caught up with Golf Channel. Well, an absolutely electric front nine going out in 28. How were you able to take it so low out of the gates? Uh, I just got a few things going. You know, I hit a few good quality shots, um, gave myself really good looks, and I got the putter going. So, um, you know, I made I made a few that I really wasn't expecting. The one on six broke a lot straight downhill, just tapped it, um, and then went in the center. Um, but then made a great eagle on uh, on seven, and kind of the same thing with nine. It was kind of a tricky read. I really wasn't sure. Thought it would kind of break break back to the right to start so um yeah you know you know runs like that it's just once you get him going you just gotta try to hold them together and just go for as long as you can you're eight under through nine you're rocking it up the leaderboard you catch everyone's attention is there any point where your mind starts to wander thinking how low can i take this no i mean you know the it's always there but you know, I tried. I tried not to. Um, you know, even the backside with you know, I shot one over, but I really didn't feel like I played that bad. Um, you know, like I said, I just didn't give myself enough opportunities or good looks, and kind of left it in spots. That was that was tough. So, you got off to such a fast start this fall. You pocketed that win at Sanders. Recently, it's been a bit of a struggle. Mm-hmm. What have the range of highs and lows been like during your rookie season as you're once again on the front page of a leaderboard? Yeah, I mean, in golf. There's a lot of highs um, and a lot more lows. So. Um, it's it's just been a good learning experience for me personally. Um, you know, with with the win and playing well at the beginning of the season, I got all the all the attention. It was new to me, and I you know I wish I could have handled it a little bit better, um, just mentally. So, you know, for me, even though I haven't like I said I haven't played really, really well at all in the last two months, um, you know, it's I think it's really helped me just to get over it. And you know, I've been working hard, so it's just nice to see it paying off. Great plan so far this week. We'll see you on Saturday. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was Cameron Champ. Time for a leaderboard update. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by the Oshawa Golf and Curling Club. Since 1906, the home of golf in Durham, now offering trial memberships with unlimited access for 2019. To find out how you can join, visit oshawagolf.com. Tradition, community, 
and golf. The Rocket Mortgage Classic, Nate Lashley has a one-shot lead over Cameron Champ. Mackenzie Hughes did make the cut rounds of 66 and 70. He's T21, six shots off the lead. U.S. Senior Open Championship, Steve Stricker has a two-shot lead. They're playing at Notre Dame this week, a pretty cool venue. A two-shot lead over Jerry Kelly, uh, David Toms, last year's winner. It's three shots off the lead. Retief Goosen, blast from the past there. He is five shots off the lead. Chris DeMarco, six shots back. Canadian Stephen Ames, 70-67 through two rounds. He is T-16. On to the LPGA Tour, the Walmart Arkansas Championship. Imby Park is your leader, a one-shot lead over Catherine Perry. Uh, Brooke Henderson uh, is at two under par. She was 69 in round one. She tees off at uh, one o'clock. Uh, Eastern. Uh, on the European tour, we have Christian Bezenhedendut. I did not pronounce that correctly, that's for sure. He is five shots up right now on the European tour. Um, we have John Rahm, who is six shots off the lead. And Sergio Garcia is also in the mix. He is seven shots uh, off the lead uh, there. 20 Weeks of Taylor May continues here on Golf Talk Canada. This week, we're giving away a gapper that's valued at $319. Uh, a pretty lethal club. It'll help your game. In, in many different ways, either the high, the mid, or, uh, or the low. And then, of course, tell us your Bushnell story. We gave away a Bushnell uh, V4 shift valued at $479 this week. In two weeks' time, we're giving away a Bushnell hybrid. Some very exciting times right here on GTC. Well, thanks so much for joining us this morning here on Golf Talk Canada. Enjoy the Canada Day long weekend. It sh- we should have some great weather uh, from coast to coast. Hopefully you hit them long and straight. And remember, the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. Thank you for joining us. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, podcasts, show archives, our YouTube channel, or for more information, visit us online at GolfTalkCanada.com.